Welcome back to the Prepared Mindset Podcast, everyone, and welcome to another sit rep. It's a new month. We are officially, uh, you know, several days here into November, and the year continues to fly by. Absolutely amazing. And if you guys are a new listener, if you're this is your first sit rep, maybe you just don't check in on these very often. These are our monthly current events episodes. They end up being. Uh, for better or for worse, right? They end up being somewhat politically driven. We get into a lot of political discussion here because it really does, unfortunately, drive a lot of what we're dealing with out in the world. And this this week's episode, uh, not all of them are that way, but this week's episode certainly, certainly will be. <clears throat> we're going to get into a little bit of the Lewiston, Maine shooting that took place, unfortunately. Uh, and then we're going to focus a lot on some of what are the I mean, pretty easily anticipated repercussions that seem to come with uh, these kinds of tragedies. You know, any any of these loss of life, uh, loss of life incidences. I'm sorry, are terrible. And as responsible gun owners, I really and I know a lot of you guys agree with this. A lot. I really advocate for us being able to do our parts to be lawful and successful and capable and competent protectors of our community. And there's a good way to go about that. There's a bad way to go about that. Actually, there's a sev- there's several bad ways to go about that. Um, but we'll kind of get into that this week when we start breaking down a few things, uh, getting into the current events, talking about some of the political climate, uh, especially as we're we're about a year out now from the election. So we're really going to start seeing things really, really ramp up over the next 12 months as they've already announced that Joe Biden is running for office again. If you guys have been paying attention at all, he has been just absolutely ridiculously hyper-focused on trying to pass gun control legislation. He has passed some. He has not passed everything he wants. Uh, I do believe that the party has their doubts. There's a lot of infighting in the Democratic Party right now. So I do believe over the next 12 months especially, we're going to see our strongest pu- strongest pushes yet from the left side of the aisle to do everything, everything they can to control lawful gun ownership uh, under the guise of making everything and everyone safer. So we're going to we're going to get into a bunch of that. You guys know I have some pretty strong opinions on it. Um and if you didn't know that I have strong opinions, you do now and you will hear a lot more of it. Um but before we get into that, we have to say some thank yous. Um big shout out to all of our Patreon patrons. You guys, head on over to Patreon. You can check out our link tree on Instagram. Give us a follow. Uh, if you want to sign up for the Patreon, you get some exclusive access to some long-form videos. We do blogs. There's free targets and drills and things like that. Uh, some exclusive episodes and content going up there. We're releasing stuff basically weekly out there in addition to everything that we do every couple days on the Instagram, uh, plus what we do here with the podcast, our weekly episodes. So huge thank you, especially as we're getting into the holiday season here. Huge, huge thank you to all of our Patreon patrons. You guys, if you want to throw us some support, we really, really appreciate it. Again, it's patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. We did also, again, you can access to our link tree. We launched our own uh, clothing storefront online, so you guys can get some branded merch. Nothing crazy. A couple bucks from each sale comes back to us. And if you just want to pick up some swag to help support us, that goes a long way. But in addition to saying thank you to our Patreon patrons, we are a sponsored podcast here. It's a very big deal. It's something that we take very seriously and we're very grateful for. So, uh, you know, you guys check this out. You might hear about some good discounts, good deals, good companies you want to, 
you know, frequent, especially as we're getting closer to the holiday season. Black Friday is a great time to pick up some new gear, and these companies are a few that you should probably keep on your list to check out. Huge thank you to Custom Night Vision. They are our largest sponsor, you guys, and they're absolutely fantastic. I just had a conversation last night with people uh, about buying used night vision, about buying new night vision, where you can go, what you should be getting, what to look for, and I can tell you, head over to customnightvision.com. Sorry, their website uh, has a chat function built in. They have staff members ready to have a conversation with you. So if you have questions on what you should get into, right, a single tube or a dual tube, green phosphor, white phosphor, what makes sense? Are you really going to see a suffer in, or a drop in performance? Is it going to be a suffering in your experience? They can they can adequately answer those questions for you guys and give you options and insight into what makes more sense. There's a lot of money that goes into it. The team at Custom are there to make sure you have the most transparent buying experience that's possible in the industry. And everything that you guys see on their site, all those tubes, all of the, ho- the housings, whether it's a you know, single tube Tonto or single tube PVS 14, or, you know, a a binocular housing like some 1431 Mark IIs, Katanas, RNVGs, DTNVSs, whatever you see there, all of those tubes are in stock and ready to ship out to you. They actually, I just picked up uh, a bento box so I could actually have some, some nice padded storage for my 1431s. They have optics in stock, you guys, they have helmets, they have mounts, all the good stuff, customnightvision.com is your one-stop shop if you want to pick up a setup. Again, you can talk with the staff there. They will put your mind at ease. They carry tubes from Photonis, from Elbit, from L3. Make sure that you guys have everything that you need and, honestly, even more to get yourself set up. You can throw together a setup for yourself, run out, and start training with your friends. We just did a discussion last week with John Dufresne on Night Vision, and, man, Custom is the place. You guys go ahead and check out everything that's going on on the website and stay tuned as I'm sure they'll have some pretty good sales going on for Black Friday. Huge thank you as well to... Chris and the team over at HRT Tactical Gear. Guys, I've been running HRT Gear since about June, so about five months now, and I've absolutely loved it. Their LBAC carrier, it's got the Tigris Cummerbund. It, it kind of, it, it's like a baby between a couple of the, the, the best designs that are out there on the market, and it is super comfortable. I cannot recommend it enough, you guys. Uh, I ran it through the Orion Training Group CQB class for two days. No problems, no hot spots, no rubbing and irritation, anything like that. Completely comfortable, very, very customizable. And once you have it sized up, it is a dream to wear. Been running their arc belt for the last couple of weeks. Again, it's made out of that Tigris material that everybody seems to be jumping towards finally. HRT is already on the front of the curve. They're already producing products using this stuff, and it is, it's spectacular. It's very lightweight. It is very rigid and very durable. I highly recommend you guys check it out, especially the price point. The Arc Belt is very affordable compared to some other stuff on the market. I love their mag pouches. Really, really outstanding stuff. Check out their placards, back panels, all good stuff. Head on over to hrttacticalgear.com. And finally here, thank you to the team at 100 Concepts. Guys, they've been just amazing supporters of what we're doing here. Big, big thank you to Jonah, Garrett, and Pierce over at 100 Concepts. Guys, their company motto is do good, be dangerous, live 
free, and they truly embody that mission with everything that they're doing. You can head on over to 100concepts.com. You can pick up some scope caps. They're light caps. They just dropped their pro caps back in September. Our Patreon patrons were able to get early access to those for free. Another reason to sign up for the Patreon page. And they're adding to their line of hex caps pretty frequently. I don't want to say every month they're dropping new stuff, but they're adding new stuff and restocking stuff every couple of weeks here. So whether you run an RMR or a Delta Point or whatever have you, their hex caps are there and they give you guys great, great anti-reflective protection against all of the elements, whether it's your flashlight, your scope, your red dot sight, whatever it may be. You can pack, you can pick up some of their pack scrim and helmet scrim. Those are great offerings and super easy to install. One more time, 100concepts.com. You can also pick it up over at T-Rex Arms and Big Tech's Ordnance. But all right, you guys, uh, let's let's kind of um, dive into this here a little bit. So most of us are aware in the past few days here, we've seen a bunch of media coverage, or maybe not a bunch, but you've seen some media coverage between social media and mainstream media on the mass shooter uh, in Lewiston, Maine, who took his own life. I'm not going to say his name. I usually don't with these kinds of things because I think it gives attention where attention is not owed or deserved. I'd actually go as far to say as I think it's disrespectful to do it. Um, the individual, it turns out, once again, was on a watch list. There was knowledge of mental health issues, which is crazy because we're going to get into some talk about some some political stuff here. And one of the things that the left side of our political community in this country, right, keeps shouting for is gun control and more laws and things that target, I mean, discriminatively target, discriminatively, discriminate against lawful gun owners in this country, which there are millions of. If lawful gun ownership was really the biggest problem here, you would know it. There would be a lot worse things going on in our country. There just would. If the gun itself and the ownership of the gun itself was the problem, if it's so easy to get, right? Unfortunately, these things do happen. Now, I, I will say, I think that, um, you know, mainstream media is extremely biased. And I do think that they will um, intentionally focus. Yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. They will intentionally focus on these kinds of stories. They'll stay away from things like bombings, stabbings, public beatings, and things like that. Um, vehicular uh, assaults and things like that, because it doesn't, it does not feed the narrative that which they're trying to push. And you know, uh, you can disagree with this statement, but the liberal politicians and the mainstream media are very much aligned. Um, I, I don't exactly know when all that came together, but it's it's a pretty well documented thing. CNN is very pro Democrat. NBC, ABC, they're all very left-leaning, and then you have Fox News, which is pretty right-wing-leaning, and a lot of you listening, probably if you have to pick a news source out of the list of the three-letter networks, <clears throat> FOX, Fox, right? Um, Fox is usually where we go, but they're like the lone bastion of conservative news reporting. Now, I will also acknowledge that Fox News is part of the problem in mainstream media. They, they also have their lens of things and where they want to direct it, and uh, unfortunately, they're, they're just in, you know in a giant ratings battle for everything, but we don't ever want to address the real issues behind the scenes here. We're we're constantly looking to it seems or it feels like treat symptoms 
rather than address the root cause. That's like saying we have a cure for cancer, but it's too profitable to continue treating just symptoms to actually go straight for the cure. Um, now, I don't know what the cure is. However, I will say that addressing the root cause is a, more, is a morality issue in this country. I, I, I believe that, okay? Uh, as somebody who spends a lot of time on social media, more than I would like, and as somebody who has the opportunity to teach high school-aged young adults and see how they interact with each other and, and how that has changed uh, since I graduated high school 15 years ago, seeing how that dynamic has uh, transformed over time, uh, it really, it's a morality thing. It's a behavioral thing. It's a human decency thing. And I get it. Like that's all, it's been the same for everybody in high school. Like kids are just absolutely awful to each other, but you could also say that you can glean uh, a fair amount of, uh, measurement off of a lot of different, uh, things based off what you can observe with America's youth, because the youth turn into the voters of tomorrow, which, is for a large portion of the game plan for the republic of uh, the democrats i should say a large portion of their game plan is targeting the youth right that's why we see them pushing so hard for all of these uh you know gender identity issues and all these things and you know it seems like every 18 year old in their first election myself included when i was 18 my first two elections i voted democrat because i didn't know any better I was a college student, I was working a low-paying job, and I really just ate up the bullshit. In addition, you know, I grew up in a, a union household, and my father works in the union. I am still pro-union, just because that, I, I believe, is a good thing. Now, I don't want to get into it, but I, I'll say that, and I've said this before, there's changes that need to be made to the unions and how they're handled and the level of protection which they grant some rather poor employees, but not to get down that 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 wormhole, but that's why the left invests so heavily is because those are the future, the future voters of tomorrow. And that's why uh, a lot of people have started really looking into privatized schooling, homeschooling, uh, and just seeing the indoctrination levels of, of things that are going on in our public education system. And I truly do believe that that leads to an, an elevated and escalated amount of mental health problems, which we don't want to acknowledge when we talk about guns, when we talk about firearms, when we talk about mass shootings, when we talk about these tragedies and things, we want to, as, and I say we, I'm, what I'm really trying to say is the mainstream media and Americans at large, we, we constantly look for the most convenient answer with the most immediate action to resolution. Okay. So, we, because we live in a society now where we have smartphones, computers, right, screens in front of us constantly, feeding us information constantly, information and even even procuring goods, consuming goods and services, is a couple taps of your finger away. We are a, a we are a built society of immediate gratification, so we are, I would even say by the day almost you know, by the month, whatever, getting more and more to the point of not having any interest or not even being capable at this point as a culture or society of investing ourselves in a long-term action plan that will lead to sustainable success. And in this case, it means reducing gun violence or in actual terms, reducing overall violence, because that's really what we want to stop. 
you'll get a lot of statistics thrown at you by politicians. Ooh, we enacted this law for gun control, and you saw gun homicide rates drop 28 to 33%. Okay, yes, cool. But did your overall homicide rate drop? Did your overall violent crime rate drop? Or are you just throwing that statistic out there because it proves that the gun law lowered the gun violence problem while actually masking the overall concept of lowering overall violence? Because that's truly what we should be looking at is overall violence. Don't look at how it's carried out. Look at why it's being carried out, not the tool, right? And how do we address that overall issue of reducing violent crime. Now, there's a lot of data and a lot of statistics that point to lawful gun owners. As those numbers go up, it's actually crime, violent crime that goes down. Now, you can also look at it and say, hey, oh, well, actually, the number of gun deaths went up when we gave more guns to people more easily. Okay, well, when you say more gun deaths, how many of those were self-defense shootings? The data never tells you that. How many of those were, you know, were armed citizens defending themselves that with a lawfully obtained firearm with lawfully obtained concealed carry permits? The data never tells you that. It just tells you the overall number of deaths from a handgun, regardless of scenario or situation or context, went up. And that the American people must then be so stupid that we just believe that making guns easier to get means that more people are going to die and that any politician or person, because things get real shitty on the social media, any person who advocates for such action must then be in favor of killing their fellow man. And we've talked about this before on this podcast as well. That is so far from the truth. It's absolutely fucking hysterical. It's so far from the truth. Many, if not all, lawful carriers of firearms are absolutely terrified at the prospect of ever having to draw a firearm, let alone start breaking rounds on another human being. Yeah, it's fun to shoot paper, and yeah, it's fun to shoot rounds, and you're building towards this overall proficiency, and we talk about overall capability and being able, being well-trained, and being accountable for this. But it make no mistake, it's, it's not something that any of us are, I believe, right, eager to get into. Excuse me, some sour past uh, sour patch ghost energy. Um, not paid, not sponsored, <laughs> but uh, we don't want to do that. But that's the way these politicians paint this. So, what I'm getting to today is in the wake of yet another mass shooting. And this again, this this individual ended up taking their own life, as many of these cowardly individuals do. He had mental health issues. Law enforcement on multiple levels, local and federal, I believe is what I read, were aware of him. He was actually a trained firearms instructor and part of the National Guard. So to me, that's an additional level of failure by the government. Like, hey, you got one of your own out there with skills you gave him. And he's out here shooting innocent people. That's a problem. Like, did someone in his leadership chain at the National Guard see that? Did they report it? Was it ignored by the higher-ups because they just don't want to acknowledge the issue? Because here's another thing. The right wing, the right side of the political uh, community here in our country, they often, often put up bills to give more money to VA treatment. 
mental health is a big part of that. There's a lot of PTSD and other things that are associated with our the fighting men and women of our nation's military. Well, that's the National Guard or the Air Force or the Navy, the Army, the Marines, hell, even the Coast Guard, all right? Those men and women, they devote years of their life to serving the country, and I believe they're entitled to an appropriate and amount of medical care for their service. I do. I think that's reasonable. Now, those bills to fund the VA, those always get thrown out. Or there's so much extra shit that gets strapped to it by these politicians on both sides. I won't say it's only the the, the left wing that stra- you know adds all the extra shit that makes these bills not feasible. But what I will also acknowledge that the left has really been pushing for is all the money we sent to the Ukraine for a battle that isn't ours that doesn't seem to be getting any better for all the money that we're sending over there. They keep sending their president here dressed like a pig to fucking beg for billions and billions of dollars. You know, we're at like $80 billion now or something. I don't even, I can't even tell you what the number is. And no headway. And a lot of people are starting to point at, hey, this is a Biden scheme to launder money. A shitload of money. Uh, could be. I'm not going to get into that because, quite frankly, I'm not well-educated enough on it, other than to say that I wouldn't put it past this man because I think he's a terrible human. But I digress. Now, that $80 billion that we sent to Ukraine, what if we took half of that and put it into our VA system, which is, by the way, very, very stressed. It's a joke now for a lot of people. And you hear a lot of uh, podcasts, <clears throat> which are run and hosted by former military members, that, that make jokes about the VA. They joke about getting medical treatment there. Uh, Sam, my buddy who helped me launch this podcast, uh, who had uh, very serious colitis or ulcerative colitis, um, and almost died from it, in fact. Uh, when I asked him, like, oh, are you going to the VA for that? He literally laughed in my face and said, no, I, I, had to, I went out and got a job specifically with good health care to specifically make sure that I didn't have to go to the VA for this and was able to go get the care and treatment that I needed in a timely fashion. Um, cause, and you hear the stories all the time. It's absolutely terrible, the care that our, our veterans get. So getting back to the actual point here, this individual killed several people and then took his own life. What's happening now is what basically happens anytime we have any kind of mass shooting uh, in this country <clears throat> is the political left will then, you know, never, never waste a good tragedy. They're jumping up. They're screaming. They're shouting. They're waving their arms, right? We need gun control. This is why we need gun control. We see, I told you so. We need more gun control. So now, uh, law lawmakers in DC, and this is, by the way, I came across this information from pewpewtactical.com. Pretty cool site. They share a lot of information and articles. Uh, lawmakers in D.C. are introducing a bill known as the Federal Firearms Licensing Act, which would require Americans to be vetted and then issued a license that would need to be renewed every five years to buy or receive a gun. And so essentially it's a driver's license for your pistol. Because I, here in Michigan, which we're one of the lower states, you have to renew your driver's license every like four years and you have to get new tabs, which are like registration. So it's like for me, it's like 150 bucks every year on my birthday. So, and that's the route that this would take us. Make no mistake of that. It would give, it, it's, a, it's a clear and direct infringement on the Second Amendment uh, by inter, interjecting the government authority between the private citizen and a firearm. Uh, it, it, I don't believe it will pass. 
And if it does pass, I, I don't believe it'll hold up in court. Not, not one iota would that happen. Um, and then, because the next step is truly like we do with tabs for your license plates. Oh, you own seven rifles. Well, now you have to pay a tax on those rifles every year or every two years, which we already do to an extent. If you own anything that's under the NFA, the National Firearms Act, right? So if you have an SBR, you already paid your $200 stamp, which is unconstitutional, but because our lawmakers scared enough people into saying that having a shorter weapon system is somehow more dangerous and more of a risk to society, you have to pay $200 for them to say you're allowed to own it. Same thing with the suppressor. And I know this to be true because I actually own a suppressor and a couple SBRs. So I paid my tax stamps and I went through the process and I know I don't agree with it. Uh, and I mean, people listening, you guys can say, you know, free men don't ask for permission until you're blue in the fucking face. But if you want to win the game, you got to play the game. So I did what I did and I have no regrets about that. Do I think we should change it? Yes, I do. But this bill has been, apparently it's only, here's the thing. It's only 11 pages long, which is crazy because anytime we have a bill passed, it seems like it's hundreds of pages or at least like 50 or 60 uh, this article here, again, from pewpewtactical.com, the bill goes further, adding that to get the license, a citizen would need to undergo refresher training that includes a written test and hands-on training and an extensive background check, which I start to then have a, a litany of questions about when we talk about refresher training, because when we look at the numbers, right, if we take out the emotional side of this, which the left and the Democrats, the anti-gun lobby, like, like Giffords, everyone wants to bitch about the gun lobby. What about the anti-gun lobby? They throw so much fucking money at this, it's absolutely ridiculous. But when we look at this, how many deaths are caused a year by smoking? Tobacco products, right? How many deaths are caused every year by vehicular assault or manslaughter or just vehicle accidents in general? It dwarfs. It dwarfs what we see in gun deaths. Yet, when you get your license renewed, you are not required to take a refresher course on driving every four years or every 10 years. In some states, I think Arizona has like, it's every 10 years, whatever. There's no refresher training there unless you get a ticket and they, they you know, mandate that you go back through some kind of training or remedial course, right? Uh, there is no written test that has to be done every five years, you know. Uh, and, and further, how do we define what this refresher training looks like. How do we define standards? Who's allowed to administer this test? How long is it going to take you after you schedule said test to get in with a range instructor? Additionally, that 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 raises a, other concerns and problems because then to prepare for said test to pass it, you have to spend money on range time. You have to spend money on ammunition. Now, now I will acknowledge in saying that that you should be doing those things already anyway. Because you should be competent and you should be well-practiced if you're willing to carry a gun. But this does not say anything about concealed carry. This is purely on ownership, which to me, I, I see them as one and the same. You should be competent with your weapon system, whether it's a pump shotgun, whether it's a 1911, a revolver, whatever it is, you should be competent. You should be spending money on ammo and range time. But it does not fall under the purview, I believe, of the federal government to regulate and mandate these things. That's just not how this works. So uh, that that's a concern as well. But the standards behind it too, because if we look at just past CPL training, the standard that a lot of places look at today is the, is uh, you know, if you're an NRA accredited, 
CPL instructor or CPL, you know, course or whatever. And any of you guys have been through those CPL classes know that they're kind of a joke. It basically, it's more of a course in insurance and liability and individual accountability than it is about actual training and teaching of the firearm. Do you know that in order to become an NRA accredited instructor on CPL or concealed carrying, you do not even have to teach or qualify drawing from a holster, drawing from a concealed holster, or even outside the waistband. Drawing from a holster is not part of the requirements. And let's be real about this. If you're carrying a firearm around, you should be carrying in a fucking holster. If you're somebody who has this delusion that you're going to run around all Mexican style, Mexican carry, and that's not racist. I am Mexican. Just disclaimer. If you're going to run around with a Beretta shoved down the front of your fucking pants like Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon, or you're just going to keep a 38 snub nose in your purse like you see in all these movies and stuff, that is not the way that a responsible owner carries a fucking firearm. It just isn't, you guys. So here's the thing. You need to be able to draw from a holster, or at the very least, I know it's these like lanyard retention systems, which uh, snap their kydex and they snap around your trigger guard, and you have to deploy from that. But that is still a deployment process, and you still need to be able to complete that successfully to get the firearm on target without having a negligent discharge, which could obviously hit somebody that's not the intended target. So, um, I don't know to say I have concerns are, that's an understatement now. And who introduced this? Oh, look, Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey. Oh, great. Haven't heard from them in a while. Um, and also from, uh, U S rep Andy Kim, both from New Jersey. Now, New York and New Jersey have some pretty shitty gun control laws as it is. And it's just, those are the same people, just like Gavin Newsom out in California, that are out there like at the cutting edge of liberal politics and trying to just strip away as many American rights, particularly on the Second Amendment, as they possibly can. Now, going on in this article, Senator Booker, <coughs> excuse me, uh, likened this licensing to driver's license requirements. This goes on to say, uh, this is a quote from Booker. If you need a license to drive a car, you should need a license to own and use a gun, Booker explained. Data shows that states that have implemented licensing laws have significantly reduced gun-related deaths, which we just talked about the difference between gun-related deaths and overall violent crime deaths. Um, and then this is the rest of the quote here. This legislation would mirror this common sense idea at the federal level and enhance public safety by ensuring that individuals seeking to purchase firearms pass a standard background check and are properly trained before obtaining a required license. There is already fucking background checks. This is one of the myths that gets put out there and people push around and want to talk. Oh, common sense. Common sense is a relative fucking term. Common sense is a term that is thrown into these political statements to try and sway those who are uneducated on the subject. Oh, it's common sense that we should have this so as to imply that it doesn't already exist. But background checks already do fucking exist. If you're listening to this and you own a firearm, you have already passed a background check. You already did it. It happens at the gun store after you complete that like four-page form. They run your shit through the system. And some of you guys know this better than others because you've had to wait a little bit longer for a, a return when they run that back through the system. The same system, by the way, that when COVID lockdowns went into place and people started to actually fear for their lives and safety, that system crashed from volume and traffic. 
I want to interrupt this episode to tell you guys all about our friends over at Ben Franklin Range. Guys, you've heard our episodes, you've heard our discussions, you've heard it mentioned on social media. The facility at Ben Franklin is absolutely top-notch. They're located out in Templeton, Pennsylvania. And guys, this is a one-stop shop. They have 1,200 acres of land, so whether you want to go practice some overlanding and do some off-roading, or you're looking for a facility to host a CQB class, they have a shoot house. You're looking for a place to host a shooting course, they have not one, but two turf ranges. Maybe you want to stretch out, you want to reach out to distance, they have an absolutely outstanding long distance, actually unknown distance range that is available for rent. You guys can head over to their website at benfranklinrange.com for more information, and you can reach out and contact the team there at BFR via email at info at benfranklinrange.com or give them a call, 412-439-8751. Guys, it's an absolutely outstanding facility. Cannot recommend them enough. Now let's get back to this week's discussion. So what happens then if another COVID skis, we're still not out of the woods with COVID. People are screaming about COVID this and COVID that, and they already foretold that we're going to be back in lockdowns over this winter because we got another spike in COVID cases coming, which is hysterical that they just know that that's going to happen. But that were to happen again, and we have a licensing system like this in place, and from volume and traffic alone, it crashes. So then no new applicants can come in. You can't schedule a time to go through the mandatory testing requirements for written tests because social distancing is just the common sense thing to do. And then you can't you can't get access to your firearm, which is an infringement of your Second Amendment rights. There, it's so easy to poke holes in this. That's honestly why I don't believe that it's going to uh, succeed. I don't I don't believe it's going to pass into law. But it is concerning that once again, this is what's going on. We have these politicians, and it's the same ones from the same fucking blue states that are pushing for this all the time, and we're not addressing any of the real problems here. Um, and it's almost like, and I don't, I don't want to sound like my head is wrapped in a fucking roll of Reynolds wrap, you know, or tinfoil for those of you that don't know what that is. But man, it just seems like any time the administration, the Biden administration, seems to be slipping, they seem to be getting a lot of criticism for their foreign policy for his son's laptop or drug use or whatever, whatever's going on. Uh, let's just, it, it just, it's, it's so convenient that we just have an active shooter situation pop up and it's only ever a bunch of outrage when it is a heterosexual white male that does it. When you got all these illegal immigrants, which this administration let in through the border when they come up here and they're raping and killing people. Nope, no problems there. That's fine. We're not going to talk about that. The mainstream media is not going to cover that. We're not going to introduce any legislation to secure the border because here's the thing. They're also still, because we talked about the election cycle, we're 12 months, you know, 12 months from now, uh, you know, two days from now is, uh, or two days from the, the date of this recording anyway, will be election day here in November. So we're 12 months out from the presidential election. This is the same party, right, that is flooding the country with illegals, is the same party that wants to eliminate voter identification laws, and is trying to convince people that voter identification, just saying, hey, I'm a registered voter, I pay into the system here, I'm actually a citizen of this country, so that we have a fair and accurate election, oh, you don't need that. So they're going to flood the country with illegals, and then have them come vote in the elections for the party that's going to keep the border open so they can bring all their families up here. And that's that. That's that's the game plan. And people are buying into this shit, and they're actually 
really buying into it enough so that they're going to sit here and go protest and scream at the top of the mountains about how you're a racist and a bigot and a piece of shit if you don't let in all of these illegals because you're not one of the wealthy 3% in this country so or if you even are or if you even you make a healthy living I've actually had people I consider to be friends scream at me and tell me that I'm a piece of shit because I'm only concerned with me and my family. Yeah, because if I'm not, who the fuck's going to be? You hit the lotto tomorrow, and you win fifty thousand dollars. You gonna give me five grand? Because that's what you should do. Because you should spread the money around. It's a fucking joke. It's a dream. And it's funny how as soon as anyone wins the lotto or gets a good paying job or gets to be one of the has instead of the has-nots, how their tune changes. It's laziness. It's an indictment of what our society and our culture has become in this country. People are afraid to work for anything. And we have a political party that preys on that. They prey on fear and they prey on jealousy. It's their two biggest tools. Okay, fear with guns and COVID, most predominantly, right? And jealousy, sitting here telling you the people that have all this wealth are conservatives that don't deserve it, and they should have to pay their they should have to pay more than their fair share. And all the while, these are the politicians that you know. And I can't believe we get into this like every time, but like these are the same people that are doing insider trading and shit because they cannot be charged with it because they're leading our country, and they develop generational wealth serving as a senator or a representative for the country. <laughs> and that was never the way this was supposed to go. That was never the way this was supposed to go. Um, but getting back to it here, uh, both of those bills related that we were just talking about right here for this uh, Federal Firearm Licensing Act, it's uh, entered the Senate as S-3212 and entered the House as H.R. 6154. Both of those have been sent to Judiciary Committees for further discussion. Whether they'll go anywhere, I kind of believe not. I really do. Uh, just as a reminder, the, the president did build that White House committee on, for the prevention of gun violence that only includes anti-firearm individuals. So they might make it out to the Senate and House floors if those are the committees it's going through, if that office has anything to do with it. It's very one-sided. It's like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're creating a roundtable discussion on sensible firearms ownership while only including people that think that we should abolish all firearm ownership. It's like pissing on your head and telling you it's raining. It, it It's it's so disingenuous, it's unbelievable. And there are people that think that that's a good thing, including some gun owners. Those are the ones that we call FUDs because they think that all you need is a bolt-action gun to go kill some deer and a shotgun for home defense because that's what the president told them. And you're just going to be a good little boy and you're going to follow what they tell you. You're just going to listen to the narrative and then you're going to be critical of other gun owners because you're not enough of... I don't even want to go here. Uh, I, you know, you're not enough of a man to really know how to take care of your family. I, I don't know. Like It's just... <clears throat> it's so divisive and it's so toxic. And these are the problems we actually have within our own gun community, which is why I think we've seen, up until very recently anyways why we have seen it be so easy for them to pass gun control legislation because there hasn't been a unified pushback we still have people in this community that won't vote that's part of the problem too and i'm not getting into that um but this article again third time here pewpewtactical.com go check these guys out they're obviously doing some very good work uh the article goes on to point out that gun sales are actually up 20 percent in october why? Because there's another mass shooting and people are just afraid <laughs> that they're going to ban gun sales. 
Okay, gun sales shot up last month with the industry seeing a 20% increase in purchases. The National Instant Crime, or sorry, the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, which tracks federal background checks, reported an uptick in October checks. Uh, after the National Shooting Sports Foundation removed gun permit checks and rechecks, they reported 1.3 million checks, a 20% increase from September. Uh, there's a graph that they they throw out there. Um, yeah, so 8.3% 8, 8. increase in sales uh, compared to October of 2022. So, yeah, um, I mean, things were kind of in a little bit of a lull there around, you know, uh, July and things and August and September were kind of flat and they kind of jumped up in October. Uh, I actually had a buddy who works in a different industry. Let me know that, you know, some of these ammo manufacturers were only running half the week because that's how, and that's also why we saw ammo prices drop to like pre COVID levels. Uh, and then political shit happens, mass shooting. Uh, Oh, the, the, the president decides that we're no longer going to export arms and ammunition outside the U S I believe this is something I really do want to talk about. I believe this is another end around by the administration to try and long-term strangle and cripple the firearms industry. A lot of these companies, especially the ammunition manufacturers, because we have the facilities here in the United States, because we have such a strong firearms industry, a large portion of their business portfolio is international sales. They go through incredible lengths to get the proper licensing and certification and things to work with the government to export ammunition to foreign countries for their military, for security uses, for training uses, for retail sales. By taking that away, you are going to kill several companies, which is, I will say, a, a bit ironic from the guy that wants to take all the credit for giving back all the jobs that he killed during COVID and call it an increase in overall uh, employment rates. And, oh, we've had the lowest unemployment rates we've seen in 25 years. It's like, no, that's not true your net growth is like next to nothing. Uh, you definitely killed the economy, which we're, we're in a recession right now. It's, it's bad. We're, we're not in a good place economically speaking, but I will say, you know, obviously to take credit for that somehow is stupid. It's disingenuous, but <laughs> since they have not been able to pass legislation because that has to go through the legislative process it has to be a bill. These things have to happen, or at the very least, there there is some level of oversight. What they can do is just issue executive orders from different departments of the government and say it's for national security reasons. Now, one other idea with that is that something bad has happened, i.e. we sold guns and ammunition to the wrong people, and now we're we're quitting those sales because we're concerned about it. Given that it's not sales to a certain country or a certain region, um, I tend to believe it's more of a political move than it is a national security move. That's just my thought on it, for whatever that's worth to you guys. Uh, but it does seem that it is another move towards killing manufacturing here in the United States of anything 2A related. Uh, the Lake City facility, they were told to basically stand down. They were shut down by presidential order, not manufacturing any more ammunition. And that combined with the panic buying from October due to what happens every time we have a mass shooting, right? Call for more legislation, the fear of weapons bans coming through, whether it's federally or at the individual state levels, panic buying on ammunition, which means that the demand is up and the supply is down, which means that you are artificially inflating the cost of ammunition, which makes it harder for law-abiding gun owners to get ammunition to get training. 
So it, it's a it's a well-developed game plan here, and fighting back against it is pretty important. I, I would urge everybody who's listening to this to check into your local politicians and see, you know, who supports who, not just who you're voting for, but a lot of these people, because I just got a flyer today, uh, and one of these uh, political people, he's running for, like, uh, city council or something like that, oh, and he has the support of this person, this person, and then Representative Kevin Hurtle, who's from the city that I reside in, and Kevin is one of the people that actually sponsored the bill for red flag confiscation laws here in Michigan, so then that, to me, like, I don't care. If, if that guy wants you in that, that office, you're not getting my vote. You're just not. You are who you hang with, all right? Whether it's in politics or personal life. So if they're trying to get you in, it means they want something from you. If you guys would drive together, it's because you have the same ideas and the same political beliefs. And that's really, unfortunately, we're at the day and age where everything gets so deep and convoluted. You have to do your own research on these things. And yes, these elections have impacts, like, not just in the immediate three months following the, the election. I'm talking years after the fact. Because once you pass, once you make it through your second election, right, and you are the incumbent, look at some of these people like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, who've been in office for decades. Look at Dianne Feinstein. God rest her soul, who just, who, who just passed. She got into political office, I don't know, in her 30s or 40s. She died at 92 in office. She, she had a legal power of attorney, but was voting on legislative matters, which I'm quite sure that was probably just her staffers pushing political lines. Oh, the Democratic Party is doing this, so that's the way we're voting. We're just going to be good soldiers. It's absolutely ridiculous, but that's where our political climate is today. So uh, I digress. But again, guys, this is... This is kind of how it goes, you know, uh, we get into these things and unfortunately there were lives lost. It's tragic and it's awful and I hope we can find a way to fix this. But I'm telling you now, uh, I don't believe that the firearms are the issue. I just, I don't. And there's enough data there. There's enough people, as police officers, boots on the ground and things. There's enough people living out there that have experienced these things to know that it's not the firearm that's the problem. It is people who are the problem. It is a lack of support for people with mental issues, mental health, mental well-being. There's a lot of problems out there to address the overall looming issue of violence in our society. We've become a more violent society in the last several years, and we've only seen it get worse under this president. Supporting programs and, and, and activist groups like Black Lives Matter, who are racist organizations that don't actually do anything to promote uh, the better good for the black community in the United States. They don't. That's well documented. And there are several people that have speak, spoken out about that. It's not just me. Okay. They promote the rioting. They promote the looting. They promote the assault and beating of people with different political beliefs. It's the same. It, it just, it's, it's, it's obscene and it's, it's incredible and unbelievable. You know, look at the, the protests we have going on in this country, the pro-Palestine protests, which are they're protesting in favor of Hamas, a literal fucking terrorist organization. And we have Democrat politicians, AOC, Ilhan Omar, uh, Rashida Tlaib, that are sitting there and they're actually advocating for a terrorist organization as representatives of the U.S. fucking government. And that's okay because that's common sense and it's the greater good and it's the right thing to do. Never mind, don't crack a book, don't do any research, go out there and protest and scream and throw a fit and try and slander people on social media and ruin people's reputations because it's all you have. 
You don't have facts. You can't have an actual discussion. You're not willing to hear a different point of view. You're not willing to hear truth. You're only willing to hear the echo chamber. You're only willing to hear what other people who think like you and agree with you are saying. And that's a bigger problem. And that leads to violence. And you're supporting and condoning violence by agreeing with each other en masse on social media. People have lost all social communication skills. I think somebody quoted it, and I've said this before, I'm pretty positive too. People have forgotten what it's like to be punched in the mouth. I'm not advocating for violence, but years ago, there's people would not have said these things to each other because people would have been treated much differently. But now we just, we film everything, we throw it on the internet, and we play victim. It is a societal issue. It's not a gun issue. I stand by that 100% completely. So hopefully this this keeps you guys in the loop on things. Uh, and you know, I, again, head over to pewpewtactical.com. Check out the article if you want. Check out any of their articles. They do really, really good work there. I do check in on what they're doing from time to time as I you know really enjoy the content they're putting out. But that's all I got for you guys this week. Uh, we got another guest coming on. Like you know, as things get rolling here, we're at the end of the year. I'm done teaching, so uh, hopefully more time to to turn back into uh, content and videos and things like that. So that's all for me for this installment of Sunday Sit Rep. Until next time, everybody, get out there, be safe. Like we always say here, work hard, train smarter, and be prepared. Mm